House of Corpus production. Hey, hey. Hey girl, welcome to the What A Mouthful podcast. I'm your host, Dee. I'm a qualified nutritionist, personal trainer, mindset speaker, and my favorite of all, I'm a mum. Living your best life doesn't have to be a grind, and I'm gonna show you how to achieve a healthy mind and body. And if this episode speaks to you, give a sister a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by Sunny. Okay, you've spent money on good food, but you have this one veggie leftover that you just don't know what to do with. I personally hate wasting food, so what do I do? I just chuck it into the Sunny app search bar, and voila, I have over 400 yummy, healthy recipes at my fingertips, approved by moi, so you know they're good, and more. Wanna subscribe to Sunny too? Use Mouthful15 for 15% off, and never waste good food again. Oh dear, dearie me. (laughs) Okay, this week I actually have a very special guest on my podcast today. I actually have my best friend and the reason that I have my best friend is because we had an epic private chat yesterday that after we had this chat and this happens so often with my close friends, like they say that you're most like the five people around you. I must be an epic human being because I have such great people around me and I have such good chats with my friends. And often I'm thinking to myself, gosh, this is the conversation that I need to share with other people. This is the conversation that I know people like me would love to hear on a podcast. So welcome, Alex. Hi, guys. (laughs) So obviously, you know, I wasn't just like, hey, I'm just going to bring my best friend and just we're just going to have a random conversation. I brought her on because she had such good and different insights and she always has this. I mean, like she's so amazing. She normally works with birth and trauma and parenting and you're kind of like my, um, you know, my go-to gal because it's very hard being uh, a parent these days, especially because, you know, I've got like my businesses that I run and I've got this podcast too. And then I'm always, you know, reaching out for advice. And I just think you're such a wealth of knowledge around like you help me articulate what I'm thinking and but you also just offer these really cool really like potent awesome other points of view so I wanted to actually talk today about and it was inspired by an episode that I watched on a Netflix show called Selling Sunset so today's episode is all about Botox and boobs and I'm talking about like fake boobs and the reason that it was Uh, inspired by uh, an episode of Selling Sunset is because in one of the episodes, the main or one of the main characters had like a, oh God, I don't even know what you call it, but like all the agents came together to go see a house to see if their clients might want to buy it. And so she had this party and it was, um, she had Botox and burgers and it was like, everyone was like, no, you can't do Botox and burgers. But like, there was like a lady like injecting people. And obviously that's very extreme. And like, I, I was like, you know, I, I thought it was very funny, but it kind of just brought me to this idea of, you know, I guess my own view on let's start with like, let's start with Botox. So my experience with Botox is I did beauty pageants and I actually got gifted Botox as one of my prizes when I won. In beauty pageants, as you can imagine, Alex, it's like you're groomed from day dot to, you know, to think the more beautiful you are, the bigger a platform you have. So, I mean, it's, 
that's a really it's almost like a messed up way to think about it don't you think like it's it's a bit messed up but it's also it, it does it, that's society right yeah, exactly. And sometimes I forget we both have pageant history. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you yeah. did Miss Universe. Yeah, I did. Oh, my gosh. Um, Sorry, and girl. it's funny. No, no. Like, it's so easy to forget we've done, like, 50 million things since then. That's right. Um, but 100%, because you know what? That's where my dabble in Botox, filler, all of that sort of stuff, that's where it started for me, too. Mm. So 100% I feel you. And um, even though maybe people won't directly pick at you, you definitely, like, say you're looked in certain places or you get some random advice like I know I got the advice of like you know maybe you could stuff your bra please and it was just like (laughs) okay yeah actually I I remember and I won't like name the girl but maybe it was you even that told me or I don't know if it was just like the pageant circuit but one of the winners was basically told um and I, I won't even say which pageant it was but one of the winners was told, okay, when you go to the international pageant, you need to do this, 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 this. Like you need to get your teeth done. You need to have falsies. You need to have hair extensions. You need to get your boobs done. You need to like, you know, like get Botox and get fillers and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it is, a, it is, I get it. Like being a female and I just don't think guys get this. They just don't really understand this pressure to be beautiful. Don't you think? A hundred percent. And when you enter that sort of world you're looked at through a different lens. You know what I mean? You're looking at proportion, how things like fit on your face, on your body. Like everything is sort of like very, um, what's the word? Just every little detail is looked at. And then you're just, like you said, groomed to perfection. And um, in terms of like the teeth, the boobs and stuff, I know while I was like paying attention to that world around the time that I went in it, the girls who won, you know, before, after, um, and the year that I was in it, all of them ended up redoing their teeth, doing their mm. boobs, all these little things um, that obviously when you know people before, you can tell. Um, but also when you see them go on the international stage, you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. You're seeing them like in comparison to all these other people. And of course you're going to compare things like that. Like I get that a hundred percent. Like, and also this is like a disclaimer or well, not even a disclaimer, but I need to make this very clear that Alex and I are not having this conversation because we are dissing anybody who makes these decisions. We are both very reflective, introspective kind of people. And when we get kind of triggered by something that's happening externally to us, it always gives us an opportunity to just kind of look within and think, okay, why do I have this certain emotion around this specific circumstance? And I think what's really interesting is that, you know, a lot of these girls are encouraged to look their absolute best. And so there is kind of, you know, I feel as though there's two main schools of thought. There's changing your appearance um, is kind of almost this like empty, um, totally vain um, idea. And then there is, but it makes me feel better about myself. It gives me a platform. It actually makes people like listen to me. It makes me feel more confident, which changes the way that I interact with my family, myself, my world. And so again, I just want to make this very clear. I'm not saying what I believe is right, what you believe is right. Like there is no right or wrong. I want to have a discussion around this. And I will actually pause on this point because I've been getting so many inboxes and you know so many people are wanting to talk about you know what I've been talking about in these podcast episodes so we've actually decided to make a Facebook group where you guys can just 
we can all just talk about it in there. And I just really feel like there are different other podcasts that have like discussion groups and I've seen them. They, they work so well and they're so amazing. And I would love to have that for what a mouthful. So I am happy to um, <laughs> announce that we have a what a mouthful discussion group on Facebook. So if you want to jump in there, I reckon this is the awesome uh, episode to start with, to really start to dive in and delve and talk about, you know, what we think and why. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, an important thing to preface this conversation with is I've definitely had my boobs done. I've had Botox once before. I've had filler a couple of times. Um, Albeit I've been pregnant or breastfeeding for the last like four and a half years straight. So I dare say I probably would have doubled in it a bit more if um, I, w- I could have. Um, so, and, and well, you could have. Yeah, you could have. But this is something that we'll talk about in this episode is because you and I are both very health conscious as well. Exactly. So we made the decision not to because there are definitely some people out there that will have those procedures while pregnant or, you know, Botox or whatever. Maybe not boobs. I don't think they'd be allowed to get their boobs done. Is that? I don't yeah, know. I feel like surgery. Pro- is a bit surely not. Yeah. But, you know, like getting like <clears throat> Botox and fillers and things like that. Like yeah. I think they actually. I know will. it's not allowed. Like it says on the label not to do it. Um, I know of people who have. Um, I not known that they're pregnant and gone and got something, um, been breastfeeding and just thought, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm, yeah. Um, or, and you know, not tell the practitioner, but I know even like the lady that I go to, like she will not touch anyone if they're pregnant or breastfeeding. It's just like a big no, no, which I think, look, this makes sense. Right. And then if we link this back to health, so I recently did a, a YouTube video on cosmetic acupuncture and I feel like I almost shot myself in the foot because I said that I, don't think uh, knowing what I know about Botox like I just can't put it in my body but that doesn't mean I'll never do it like that doesn't mean I will never make a calculated risk about it right now I I don't think I'll get it but this is why we're having this conversation is because I'm just trying to figure out and almost like pick apart my own brain and why I think certain things because maybe it is going to be overall better for me but maybe it's not and I think understanding it from a health perspective is kind of one perspective in which I know me and you definitely look at it in. So when it comes to Botox, Botox is actually derived from Clostridia um, botulinum. And so Clostridia is sort of a more well-known bacteria that is associated with uh, things like ADHD. Yeah, so Clostridia has been associated with, you know, things like um, ADHD, ADD, autism. It's it's had some, uh, there's been some science and some literature to suggest that there is an association there because of the way that it affects dopamine in the brain. And when it comes to Botox, it is a neurotoxin. So it does actually have that toxic effect. But then you could argue that there are so many things that are toxic to our bodies. Like people drink alcohol and that's fine. But when it comes to Botox specifically, the reason that I sort of said on the YouTube video that I made around cosmetic acupuncture was there is a different way. Like Botox is not the only way to rejuvenate your skin, to help to reduce the appearance of fine liner and wrinkles. And there is another alternative. And so I just sort of when I after I made that, I thought, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. But maybe that's not what I'm going to want to do in the future. And if I do change my mind, are, every, are people going to think, oh, you know, she changed her mind. So she's not a walking, breathing role model like she always has been around health. Like now she's gone. And what was the expression that you used? Yes, I think it was, oh, sold myself out. Like, you know, like, oh, she's a sellout. Like she's gone and she's gotten it done. 
And so I just wanted to sort of talk more around, I guess, the, the vanity versus the health, but how we can also have both. Yeah, and like where to draw the line and how where to make to draw a decision for yourself outside of what other people may think or how they may, might perceive you. Yeah, because, okay, so you've had a boob job. Yeah. What has have <laughs> what has a boob job done for you in your life? Do you know what? I wanted a boob job for years. Like, you know, when you're in high school and you're like, everyone's getting boobs and not me. And um, I don't know, I just felt really like out of proportion or whatever. It was like quite a personal thing to me. Um, and then... Uh, well obviously we were friends when I got them done and I was like yes like I just felt like I don't know like a bit more womanly all of a sudden and um you know in hindsight I wish I did do a bit more research or work or whatever but it's kind of like I even knew the downside but I just didn't care at the time Mm. I just wanted it so bad I just wanted to do it and I don't regret doing it um like I've enjoyed the experience but I am definitely going to get them removed um but you know that extra confidence when you go to the beach or like with your partner those are the little things that, you know, to people on the outside, they probably didn't even notice that much of a difference. Um, for me, it was like the way I moved, the way I felt, everything about that was different. Um, you know, somebody even asked me recently, uh, just for the listeners, I have two two young boys and, you know, they asked me like, how are you bothered to wear makeup every day? Like, why do you do it? And it's just, I feel so much better. I feel like I show up as my best self. I feel put together. And it's, you know, it's not about somebody thinking like, oh, you know, how are you bothered? Or, oh, she looks really nice today. For me, it's like I'm showing up differently in my life and in the world when I feel really good about myself. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think we also spoke about getting like our eyebrows and stuff tattooed. So just literally not that long ago, I got my eyebrows and my lips tattooed. And, um, it, you know, we were talking about how obviously that's ink. That's not great for you either. Um, I can either put chemicals on my face every day with makeup or I can get it tattooed on and save myself the time and probably still have the same chemical load. That's right. Yes, because there's chemicals in our makeup, which I'm definitely yeah. going to do an episode on this in the future because I think that that is such a high exposure of chemicals uh, that women don't really, you know, we don't really pay that much attention to because we, we, we wear makeup all the time. So why would we? But it's like, where can you minimize it? And look, this is the thing. And this is this is really what I want to get to. It's like, if you understand and you make an informed decision, I mean, look back then with your boobs, you didn't, you didn't make an informed decision because you didn't know all that much about it. Exactly. I don't, I don't even think you would have known about breast implant illness, that that was even a thing. No, I remember finding out maybe like a couple of months after mm-hmm. and you know, and I was like on high alert. I was like, is this happening to me? Is that happening to me? And I fell pregnant four months after I got yeah. them. So then obviously I had the pregnancy symptoms and everything after that. So it was really hard for me to tell, was I affected by them or not? Um, in saying that I've only had them for four and a bit years yeah so yeah and and I think you know even you have kept them in but you've also had like you said two pregnancies you've been breastfeeding like how if even if you wanted to get them out how could you anyway so again it's all about calculating the risks in your own life with what works for you and I know like recently we were sort of talking about your sort of health journey as well um when it comes to breast implant illness, there are a few other women that I know that have had autoimmune conditions and we've just discovered that you've got an autoimmune condition. I mean, I feel like I sort of diagnosed you almost, but um, I definitely suggested to you that there were more, there was more blood work that that could be done and that should be done. And it's just really interesting to see that it's a common pattern that happens, but you did also mention that you had some of the symptoms prior. So it makes me think, well, Does the exposure, whichever one we choose, based on a calculated risk assessment that we've made, 
does the exposure then just amplify anything we're already predisposed to and the answer is probably yes and yeah definitely and yes. having a yeah. really good picture of where your base health is because that's something i didn't have like i knew my health was pretty good at the time that i got my boobs done um but did i know as in depth so um just so the listeners are aware i have hashimoto's which is an autoimmune condition i've had thyroid issues for 15 plus years mm-hmm. i can see in my blood work going back uh, but nothing was ever investigated for hashimoto's so yeah. it was just in terms of thyroid hormones, it was T3, T4. They were always um, off. On the low side. Yeah, yeah, so I always had hypo. It was too low. Um, but nobody ever investigated was it Hashimoto's. And then now, last year and this year, it's like, oh, yeah, it is actually Hashimoto's, which looks at the antibodies. Yeah. So so, so just to be really clear for the listeners, because this is a good educational point, is if you do have your thyroid hormones, which is your T3 and T4, so TSH, which is what doctors normally will test for aren't necessarily thyroid hormones they're brain hormones because they're brain talking to thyroid hormones when you get your t3 and your t4 done and you have that at the same time in conjunction with does this person also have antibodies that's when you can make some kind of an assessment of okay there is an autoimmune issue there because the antibodies show there's autoimmune issues and then whether or not the t3 t4 the thyroid hormones are high or low will determine which thyroid autoimmune issue you have so if they're high it's graves if they're low it's hashimoto's sorry continue no no exactly and the (laughs) the difficulty is with um going to the doctor and getting your blood work done is you have to be very specific about what you're asking for because there's no basic test for this and they're very reluctant to test i think because i think because they're expensive tests so i think they're also very reluctant to test unless people have a history of thyroid disease but if no one's ever got them investigated because doctors are reluctant in the first place well it's like going to be pretty hard for them to just go oh yeah we'll just do an antibody test we'll do a free t4 free t3 like you you're not likely to get those tests so you really do have to yeah for anybody who does have that and who wants to go i had to go three times in a row (laughs) (laughs) just to get that picture crystal clear yeah yeah but look all, all of this um all of that kind of you know when you look at look at everything that we've just spoken about and then you also look at okay things that you might have been predisposed to and the likelihood of a foreign invader in your body contributing to and making worse your health issues would you would you given your time over do anything differently yeah to be honest i probably wouldn't have done it if i was insistent on having bigger boobs i would have maybe gone for like the fat transfer thing or yeah right something different although given i was super super skinny at the time um i don't think they would have been able to get anything off <laughs> like go go go, go fat from somebody else yeah but now in terms of like i have this picture of my health that i'm working on but knowing that the boobs make it worse i am i've made the decision i am going to get them removed but like you said it's also a lifestyle decision i've got two really young kids i've got to pick them up put them down mm-hmm. um that factors into healing and other things i can make other things worse if i don't heal properly so um it's just sort of a matter of waiting for me to finish breastfeeding for my kids to be a little bit older where, I'm, where they're not so physically dependent on me picking them up and carrying them and doing things for them and of course you have to take into consideration all of that stuff as well like with the healing process i've heard that the removal is actually more painful than actually getting them in and a mutual friend and more expensive and more expensive yeah of course there's so Uh, many things to factor in totally totally so i think when we're young we 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 feel a little bit more invincible we're not so concerned probably with our finances uh or maybe not the average you know the average girl is and i think that as a result of that it's probably why we make slightly more rash decisions and then as we get older we're like oh you know was that worth the money because i know that there is a lot of 
you know, parents that may hear of this episode and think that, you know, oh, is this encouraging children to just do what makes you happy and get things done if it makes you feel confident? It's like, well, it's up to each person and their individual journey. And I always, and we were saying this yesterday, I always think to myself, what would I want for Billy? So Billy, obviously she's four now. And I think, would I, as a parent, want Billy to listen to an episode like this or want Billy to hear me say or watch me do certain things? I always, always, always am conscious that I'm a role model. Like whether I like it or not, or whether in the moment I want to be or not, I'm always a role model. And obviously specifically a role model to Billy, who is a young little woman. And for me, that's, I think, where the... It weighs on you heavily. It does. It yeah. really does. It really does. And I'm a deep thinker as it is, as you know. So I feel as though I, I tend to come to you with like, this is all my thoughts, like help me sort it out. And with Billy being you know, being four, obviously she's not going to notice the difference. She's just not going to know if mummy gets Botox, if mummy gets boobs, if mummy has fake hair, she won't really know and, and really like pay attention to it. But I think it's more what kind of weighs on my mind. And let's talk about this. Let's tease this out is what message am I sending to her? And does the message I think it's sending match up with the message it actually sends? Because maybe, for example, the message I think it's sending is that I don't think I'm good enough as you are good enough as I am yeah I'm not pretty enough I'm not young enough I'm whatever like I'm 31 now I'm starting to get the wrinkles and I don't want her to think that she that that she, that her female role model is looking you know that she's looking up to is looking at me thinking you know mummy didn't think she was good enough or didn't think she was pretty enough so now she's just gonna change her appearance to make herself prettier in societal standards but that might not be the message that she's getting maybe the message that she's getting is that she feels that sometimes you make decisions because you've calculated you've thought about everything else you go okay i know that this might send this message i know that it might affect my health the pro is so much stronger and so much greater so you make that decision so i also think when you do have a balanced mindset about things and you feel as though you're also working from the inside, then I, then, you know, I don't see a problem with that for other people. I would never judge other people. I just think that I would be judged if I did X, Y, Z. I mean, not, not that I'm sort of necessarily thinking I want to get my boobs done or anything like that. Like I'm lucky to have boobs. I'm lucky to have big lips. I never have to worry about, think about, do I need to get filler? I naturally have big lips. I'm very lucky. But that's not every girl. And I have things that other girls want. Girls have things that I want, like whatever. But yeah, it's more about like the message, I guess, um, that I'm sort of, that I'm sending versus what I think I'm sending. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And I think one thing that's really difficult is that we'll never know how she perceives that until she's older. There's plenty of stuff that when we grow up, we unpack stuff from our parents, like what they modeled for us. And a lot of the time we're not aware of it until you actually want to think about like, how did this affect me? Mm. Um, And I think that's the tricky thing. There's another layer to it as well, which is you are just one female role model. I remember watching movies and shows and um, I remember like 
watching the movies like Step Up and Honey and I was like I want to look like that and there's so much that goes into like our beauty standards as a society Mm. and the impact it has on little kids Um, I remember like (laughs) seriously I was like probably 10 and I'm like oh I wish I didn't have this stomach I wanted like abs like Jessica Alba and it was just so unrealistic for a 10 year old girl but I think it also does play into the fact that as children all children when they like someone or want to feel connected to them they want to be like them you know they get to that age where they realize you know they're not one with you you're two separate people but then they want to be like you Mm -hmm. you know my two little boys they just want to watch daddy on youtube and copy what he does on youtube and (laughs) run around with the footy and wear his jerseys and do that sort of stuff that's just their way of feeling connected to him to want to be like him because they love him so i think that's also like another tricky thing is how do we respond or how do we even address the media that's around us or other people because it's one thing if you decide well you know what I feel too guilty. I don't want to get Botox. I don't want to send that message to her. She could very well grow up and be like, wow, this chick looks so good. I love this show. I love this celebrity. I love whatever it is. I want to look like that. Great. I found out that I can do this to look more like that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that's what's tricky. And I think there's so, so many things, you know, and there's so many things that we've normalized as well. We normalize dyeing our hair. We've normalized getting like fake eyelashes stuck on. You know, I have friends who go every two weeks or whatever to get their eyelashes refilled. Um, Just like I said, I've had cosmetic tattooing. I've had my lipstick tattooed on. I have my brows tattooed on. And it's also industries that have exploded. Mm. You know, we love that. And we love that whole concept of like, let's save time. You know, in the long run, let's save money. Let's just get it put on. I'm doing it every day anyway. Mm. Um, And like you said, for us personally, the line is drawing like health wise. What am I doing? Um, What can my body handle? There's so many toxic things in the world. I want to be healthy so I can pick and choose what things I want to do. That's such a great point. It's, it's about picking and choosing what works for you. And again, what works for you is going to be based on your beliefs and your stories in your own mind from your past experiences and how you've interpreted those past experiences to be the stories and the beliefs that you bring with you today. And then I think to myself, you know, is, is our society just fucked? Like, I mean, I know that there will be a lot of girls listening who are just are shattered about the idea that we even have to wear makeup every day or I shouldn't say that where we shouldn't have to like we don't have to you choose to no, you but feel it great. almost feels expected it feels expected yeah. like, like I feel a rock to rock up in a corporate <clears throat> environment with no makeup it's almost like you haven't even put in the effort because you haven't even tried like because yeah. you don't care about your appearance you're scruffy you're messy like you're unprofessional that's right yeah. yeah so isn't it interesting and it's like obviously we can't take on society but I think the way that I see it and I probably put way too much pressure on myself is I see myself as, you know, is what do I want to see more of? And to be honest, I want to see more. I do want to see more happy people. But then again, what makes people happy is their decision. But I do want to see more people who are, I guess, positive aging role models who are like, you know, what? I've got wrinkles. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't have to wear makeup every single day. Like, yeah, I probably wear mascara most days and a bit of concealer most days. But other than that, I don't really wear makeup. Like, you know me, like I barely wear makeup. Like I won't really wear foundation. I won't really like, you know, but I will go to the gym. I will eat healthily, you know? So what's to say that my thing is different to your thing on how we both help ourselves feel good about ourselves, you know? And it is interesting because what society has deemed normal and okay is just what everybody else we just follow that and we say yep you know again like like tattooing eyebrows that only came out 
like that was only a thing in the last few years yeah the last few years i would say like maybe like five or so um but people like people like what you're tatting your eyebrows even like microblading it's like what wow but again it's about taking that calculated risk it's about and you mentioned before having that healthy body and i always talk about insurance right the things that you do every day for your health are your insurance so that if you do choose to go get your hair done to get your nails done to get your eyebrows done, your eyelashes, whatever, Botox, fillers, boobs, whatever, that you've made that conscious decision. It's an intentional decision that you've made. And also I think it's important that those people know how to detox their body because there is no doubt there it's, it's a chemical exposure. And that it might be the trigger of something going awry in their body. It might. I know a lot of women who have said to me, oh, you know, especially with with their boobs, with their fake boobs, have said from that moment, that's when everything changed. And again, I think it's because I don't I just don't think I just don't think society really knows how to keep themselves healthy. No, and I think I, our idea of healthy as well, specifically towards cosmetic procedures, if you talk about Botox and filler, like what our conversation was about yesterday, there's so many unhealthy things that are normalized. For example, like I know you and I, our makeup of choice is mascara. And one time we went so deep, we're like, well, you know what? It's on my eyelashes. It's not even in my skin. <laughs> like we could throw away every piece of makeup, but I know we would love mascara. Or you know what? We both dye our hair blonde. That's probably not the healthiest. You know, we try and, you know, use healthier shampoos and whatever, but at the end of the day, bleach is bleach. Yeah. Um, again, it's not going into the scalp. You know, it's on your hair nail polish that's so normalized it's so unhealthy you know there's healthier brands out there that we can choose to try and you know mitigate for that if we want to do our nails like i know i've got healthy nail polish on now um but again what i'm as a society we've normalized so many unhealthy things but then we get really stuck on and demonize these things like oh botox and it's like well we're already doing all these things that are so normal to us from a lifetime's worth of conditioning yeah you know people who wear hairspray every day people who wear regular deodorant every day or perfume perfume exactly like i never wear perfume sorry to the people i'm around if i ever smell i'm so sorry but i never wear perfume Same. i just feel like i have no smell <laughs> like i've made sure i don't have bo and that's the most i can do for you and isn't that interesting because as a female what like you think of when you're young and what you what you idolize as a woman it's oftentimes people will talk about like the, the sense of a woman like how they the scent sorry not the sense the scent of a woman how they smell and when a woman walks past you and she smells really nice there's just this kind yeah. of picture that's created in your mind like oh wow she must really look after herself which is like so ridiculous but we do it to men too you know that's like true. my partner might have nice perfume on he's cut his hair he's trimmed his beard and you're like wow you look so good we just do it as a society and i think that sometimes we try and escape our own humanness i think as humans we're so visual we love visual things we love to look good look at selfies people love looking at themselves you know <laughs> like it's true yep and the thing is, I think it's pretty undeniable. When you feel like you look good in your own opinion, you feel better. You yep. behave feel more confident. Exactly. You show yep. up differently. And it's just so small. You know, I know, for example, when I was working in real estate, I was doing uni on the side. So I was going to uni every day in like drabby clothes. Like I was not bothered. And then I'd go to my um, corporate job in real estate and, you know, wear a nice skirt, wear like my shirt tucked in. My hair was nice. My makeup was nice. I showed up differently. And I think it's okay if you pick and choose 
what it is that makes you show up differently. Like I've got friends who, you know, they never get their hair done. They don't do their nails. They don't wear makeup and they feel like the best that way. And I'm like, hats off to you. You know, that's amazing for somebody else. Like I know people who don't wear makeup, but they love having their nails done. Everybody's stuff is different. Some people, they might not do anything bar dye their hair. And there's all these things that are normalized. And something that I think early on in childhood is braces. How many kids um, get braces and their parents take them like, oh, their teeth are crooked. We better fix them while they're still young. You know, it's annoying when they're older. You've read, you know, you've got all your adult teeth now. Let's just straighten them now. And I have different opinions, I guess, on oral health and, you know, what your teeth and stuff mean. But people do it for a cosmetic thing. Yeah. So from a yep. young age, you're telling your children like this part Maybe they didn't even notice it or they didn't even care. But as parents are taking them to the orthodontist and saying like, this part of you, that's not good enough. We've got to fix that. We've got to make it look nice. Mm. And that's really contradictory when you have things when they get older and, you know, you see girls go to high school and like, I want to start wearing makeup now or, you know, do nail polish or get hair extensions or whatever. And then you're suddenly told like, no, those things are bad. But yes, you have braces for cosmetic reasons, but now we're doing other things and they're just bad because, you know, you should be happy with the way you look. Yeah. While for three or four years, you've got this metal in your mouth and we're like moving your bones around, you know, braces, in my opinion, are pretty extreme. Yeah. Dyeing your hair, that's like a two or three hour process, Yeah. like tops, depending how long how long your hair is. You're physically moving bones. You know what I mean? I don't know. Don't think we think about that stuff. There's things that are just so normalized in society. Even going to the gym, I really want to say 80 to 90 people, percent of pe- 80 to 90 percent of people who go to the gym, they're doing it because they want to look good. I don't really know of that many people who are like, I just can't wait to work on my cardiovascular health today. You know, like you're there to burn fat. You're there to like build muscle. So true. You know, and we're doing it for aesthetic reasons. And naturally, you know, if you're single and you're at the beach or whatever. If you're a girl and you see like a guy who's like really fit, we assume things about people like, you know, you care about yourself. You look after yourself. Mm. Something attracts you to that person. Survival. It's survival. Exactly. Because we think if that person, you know, looks after themselves, they're healthy. They have a good physique. They if they have a good physique, they must be healthy, which, oh, what a a lie lie. that is. But we assume that's our survival brain where we just we look at people who look good we assume that they are healthy on the inside and we think that's a mate i would like to reproduce with yeah because that will make the the most like the viable offspring offspring. that's right and so it's like you just honestly like you blow my mind with how good your one-liners are but you said you're trying to escape our humanness and you're 100 percent right it's like we are human so Yes, we have all these ideals, but yes, we are human and we have to accept. Like, I'm so idealistic that sometimes I definitely am a person who I try to escape my humanness. Like, I'm like, oh, no, but it should be this way. It should be that way. It's like, but I just have to accept myself as I am. Like, I am a person who I will look at good looking people or people with good bodies. And I do automatically assume that they are healthy, just like everybody else does. And then I think about it and I sort of, you know, I know better because... I certainly know a lot of people in the fitness industry that are not that healthy, but appear to be very healthy. Um, Even their relationships with, you know, people and things and food even. Um, But yeah, it's just such an interesting point because it's like, you know, again, each line, the the place where people draw the line for themselves, I think – is very individualistic and so we just should not judge each other for the decisions that we make because even right now I'm thinking to myself you know 
I might not, I don't think I need Botox now. I, I think, I don't think I look old. I really don't. I'm like, yes, I'm getting wrinkles, but do I think I look old? No, but I'm more thinking, I'm future pacing and thinking I'm about to fall pregnant. I would like to anyway. I'm about to fall pregnant. You can watch my, my journey to fall pregnant on my YouTube. Uh, I'm doing pregnancy vlogs at the moment. Um, and I think, does D in three years time, who's on the other end of small children, already breastfed, already had the baby, would she want to have had Botox by now? <laughs> because maybe that's the one and only thing that makes her feel like she's got her life together. Because we know what it's like to have young kids. It's very hard. You, you, you do, to some large extent, it's very easy to, I should say, lose a big sense of who you are. And because you don't have the time to take care of yourself, you know, you, you might, for lack of a better word, feel ugly and gross. So I guess, yeah, like <laughs> help me tease out my thoughts because, you know, I'm trying to think I can't detox while I'm pregnant. So do I just get it now detox? And then that way in three years time, I mean, look, three years time, it'll, it'll be probably be going out of my system, but it does actually change your, your face because it does prevent the squishing up and the worsening of those wrinkles, right? So that's kind of like mentally where I'm at. Yeah. So basically I want to back you up on that point. When I decided Thanks, to try Botox, that was, um, so my son Leo had just turned one, I'd finished breastfeeding and I just, honestly, I couldn't wait to do something for myself. Like, you know, when you're pregnant, you don't feel like your body is yours. Everything is different when you're pregnant. Afterwards, it's like your body belongs to somebody else. Yep. You know, like now, my youngest he's almost 18 months old I'm still breastfeeding and you're still just like <laughs> I just want me back yeah so I know when I finished breastfeeding I knew I wanted to have another baby not that long after and that was my decision I thought you know what I really just want to like get a little bit of filler I I don't have forehead wrinkles yet I think I'm still a bit young to get those but it was like my crow's feet under there and I ended up getting like just a little bit of Botox around there and I was like really happy with my decision. You know what? I didn't even look that different. Like I remember like, I was like, oh babe, I'm home. And Dylan was like, I don't get it. Like, what are you showing me? You know, it's just such small things that people on the outside don't notice, but I just felt different. And I felt like I did something for me after my body wasn't mine. Um, And I wasn't worried about, you know, well, I guess I don't have daughters either. So I wasn't worried about like, you know, what example am I setting or whatever? And Leah was only one. There's no chance in the world would have a conscious memory of that. So... Yeah, that was my decision and I don't regret it. Um, I felt like I detoxed it by the time I felt pregnant again six months later. Um, but also I wasn't too worried about that. And the stuff that you're talking about, I guess the decisions that go into it is when you inject something, it's not like when you're drinking alcohol and it filters through different organs and different systems. You're going through the blood-brain barrier. Mm. So your body has less defenses against something mm. when you're injecting it, which I did think about. Um, and I also just wanted to add to the listeners last year i got something called plasma fibroblast so it's like um it doesn't work like botox in the sense that it stops your muscles from moving but it's like you get little like scabs it's like little dots of scabs that get burnt around and i got it around my eyes where the crow's feet are um and basically it's kind of like skin needling where it forces your skin to heal and Mm. it heals it's like inducing a trauma response so that it heals after that exactly and so to force your skin to produce collagen and things like that so it doesn't get rid of wrinkles but it can minimize the appearance of them um, but again, Botox works in the sense of what you're saying is it freezes the muscles so that your muscles don't squish up in the first place and can't cause a line in the first place. Um, also, I just wanted to add Botox lasts, I think, what, three months? Hmm. It doesn't last very long. Oh, in me, it lasts a very long time. And I'm oh. convinced because my detoxification pathways aren't the strongest. Like I work very hard to keep my detoxification humming along nicely. 
But I feel as though maybe that's why, the, like, because I got Botox years ago. So I feel as though maybe if I did get it now, it, like, we wouldn't even last that long anyway. Yeah, there, there's so much to weigh up. Um, but again, for me personally, like, as your friend, I was just kind of like, if that makes you feel good. Mm. And we know when you have a baby, especially I know you'll decide to breastfeed again. That's almost a year being pregnant and then at least a year afterwards of breastfeeding. You're losing your body for two years. Basically, all these little things that you might want to do for yourself, it's a no-go for the next two years. So it's like you said, like, do I do something for myself to feel good? Um, Because you know what? While we're pregnant, you know, it's like, oh, I'm giving birth soon. I better get my hair done so my roots are fresh after. For me, it's under the same umbrella. Maybe health-wise, the risk might be a little bit different because it's going into your skin. But again, it's still to me the same thing. It's to achieve a certain look or to look, you know. Yeah feel a certain way or feel confident at the end of the day i think the main message with this whole episode is whatever decisions you make just do your research know what you're getting into and make the best decision for you and if people are going to judge you fuck them honestly because like for example if everybody in the world was like you i wouldn't even be having this conversation i just get whatever i wanted to 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 get at the time and you know, I'm still undecided on Botox because I still, it's more the health aspect for me that I'm like, oh, you know, but, but equally you're allowed to work on your health and you're allowed to want to look good. That is okay. You are allowed to have that desire, you know, and I think it's just important that we just stop judging each other. And maybe if we stopped judging each other, we wouldn't have all these procedures in the first place because no one would care so much what other people are doing with their lives. Exactly. But I think that's where the line lies. You know, like when that girl asked me, like, you know, like, why do you wear makeup every day? I have never, ever worn makeup for anybody else ever. And I can happily and confidently say that it's always been for me Mm. because I feel different when I wear it. So, so the intent is the main issue here, isn't it? It's like the intent behind it. That's what I think. Are you doing it because you want, you know, the person you have a crush on to think you look hot? Or are you doing it because you've already decided that that makes you feel confident in yourself and it will change the way that you interact with people, the jobs you apply for, the friends you make, you know, the businesses you start, like all that sort of stuff, you know? Exactly. Um, and you know, like if I came to you and I said, oh, I really like this guy, but maybe he'll like me if I had bigger boobs. Mm. So I'm just going to get my boobs on. I think you would have been like, Alex, sit down. <laughs> You're not doing this, babe. Yeah. You know, it's a very, very different decision as opposed to like, oh my God, I've wanted to do this for years. Mm. I have the opportunity to do it now. Mm. I feel like it's the best um, decision for me. I think that's very different. You know, health wise, I wish I had a different picture back then. Mm. But again, you're so aware you're in the health space. So I understand that extra um responsibility yeah i feel a sense of responsibility yeah but i mean if your intent is to be like you know what everybody you can have your cake and eat it too if you do the basics like say if you're super unhealthy right now and you wanted to get some botox i'd probably be like maybe just wait till you're a bit healthier but you've got yourself to a place where like we said your body can handle a level of toxicity and there's nothing that we can avoid you know when i first had leo i was like i need non-toxic play-doh non-toxic paint you know, every house cleaner in the house was changed. Everything was different. Every shampoo was a certain way. And then as you get older, you know, I remember when he was a baby and I went to the park with somebody and we're next to a main road and I was like, I'm so annoyed he's breathing in all these fumes. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to get rid of everything bad. Of you course. know, all we can do is like the things that you teach and preach, which is 
learning how your body works, learning how to help your body detox those things because that's what your body's built to do. Mm. You know, your body's not built for perfection. It's built for resilience. And what you're doing is teaching people how to build resilience. And just like eating, if you are doing, you know, eating really well and then you have an event and you want to go eat a cake, go and do it. Mm. You know, if your body can handle that, that's great. If you're going to eat a slice of cake and your gut health is so bad that you're going to like be vomiting or have diarrhea or have skin rashes after you're probably not in a place where you should maybe make that decision but i think it's a very very individual choice and everybody's like small you know their own bubble their own world looks different so i think that's where the line is yeah because in my opinion yeah you there is no way you can avoid every toxin no way no you, you're gonna you know, i wish yeah i no. wish you you walk out onto the street like you said car fumes like that is all of us we all like unless you're living in an Amish village and there's nothing, I mean, even they have tractors, I'm sure, you know, like there, there is exposures everywhere. And this is, again, I think is important is like your thought process to that point at first, when you sort of understood and like thought really about, oh, you know, there's all these chemicals, there's all this exposure, there's these fumes and whatever. I think your next thought after that would have been, but overall, is the stress of worrying about it worth the stress of, of experiencing it? Yeah. Yeah. And like pulling him away from the park, the park that he loves the most because it's on next to a main road, you know? So it's like, again, people might say, oh, well, that's okay for you to make that decision because, you know, you know, you, you shouldn't be stressed about something like that. Like it happens, whatever. But then for people to also say, oh, she shouldn't have got a boob job. You know what I mean? It's like you, you got to apply the same logic. Definitely. And yeah. I think this is also where people's own intuition plays a part. Yeah. There's some things, you know, like you probably the same with Billy. We're like, you know what? Today, for some reason, I really feel like I don't want you to do that. Yeah. Or, you know, for me, it's alcohol. I never, ever drink. Um, I don't. I'm not one of those people. And I know you're the same. I don't enjoy a glass of wine and stuff. To me, like that feels really yucky intuitively to me i know my body doesn't like it Mm. and i am just to give background context i am one of those people that if i ever would have two or three drinks i vomit straight away like it really does not sit well in my body um for me i might look at other people who drink wine every day and me i might just like really break it down and be like well grapes are really highly sprayed with pesticide and glyphosate (laughs) and alcohol is really bad for the gut anyway and you know these people who drink heavily they you know might have gut issues or hormone issues and you know, they might be like, well, the doctor said a glass of wine a day is fine. It's good. It's good for my heart health. You know, you, you need to From the to resveratrol, that... the small amount of resveratrol from the red grapes. Yeah. Exactly. Which are now sprayed and that's probably gone. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's what, you know, for me, I look at that very differently to how they look at that. And that's why it's an individual choice, an individual decision. Same as coffee. I think coffee first thing in the morning is not very good for you. Mm. I don't drink coffee personally myself. I don't get the same. I think we're the only two people on yeah. earth. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for me, I might be like, oh, that's a really like bad or negative thing to do. And this is, you know, drinking alcohol, drinking coffee. These are things that people do on the daily. Mm. For you to be like, oh, I'm not sure if I should get Botox once in the last like two or three years. It's like, I think you're going to be fine. <laughs> no, I you know. I know. I know. I, know I think. When I talk to you, I think that you feel that social responsibility. I do. And also that responsibility to Billy. I, I also I want, think... I want to be able to talk my walk. Exactly. Walk my talk. Walk my talk. Yeah. That's the one. I got what you meant. <laughs> but I think it's also very different. You know, if you were to say, I have a couple of wrinkles, I'm going to go get a facelift right now. That's really extreme. Or if you were get to get so much Botox that you would look like crazy. Mm-hmm. 
again do you know what i mean there's different again it's like different degrees what, like what one person yeah. thinks oh you look crazy another person might just think maybe just getting botox once might make them look crazy exactly yeah so, so it's so yeah. it's so never black and white it's, it's so never great. black and white you can never be 100 percent objective in the decisions that you make so just be kind to one another and i did want to sort of finish on this point it's just so interesting because i think this kind of a conversation is what i want to see more in the world I really want to hear people have conversations that have differing opinions. Like we've made different choices in our life. We have different differing opinions, but we can still have a conversation where we don't judge each other for the decisions that we made. And we can totally see other things from their perspective. Because I think the issue with social media is that everything is geared towards more like, more like, more like. So everything you're looking at is so like you because that is the way that all of this data is set up to, to gear to you like advertisements and things that you will like. So you look at your phone, there's all like, you're just scrolling through you, your likes, your interests, common interests of the people that you know, not their other side to them, but just the, the parts that are like you. And then you go to your home, which you cultivate as your own and you create your own space there that's based on what you like. And then you go to your, you know, your office at work and you set up your desk the way you like. And I just think there is a lack of conversations that are open to discussion, that are non-judgmental, where people are just trying to feel out and tease out like, where are we at with this topic at this point in time? And what does it mean for you? And if you're triggered by this conversation, any part of this is triggering or you're frustrated by any part of this, that's where you need to have that reflection and that introspection and think, okay, why does this affect me so much? Why does it make such an impact on me that other people are going to maybe make this decision or that they have already made this decision or why maybe someone feels guilt and shame for a decision that they've already made. So it's just, it's not, again, no right or wrong. It's just, I like having these conversations and that's why I so badly wanted to have you here to, to record this episode. Oh, thank you. But I a hundred percent agree for sure. And um, I also just wanted to bring it back to, well, two things, because I have obviously a trauma and a parenting background the triggering thing, you know, that's really a sign that it's somebody's own personal thing to work on. Um, you know, previously I felt like, oh, you know, I really like to do things naturally. Like, is it shameful that I've had my boobs done or, you know, that I've had filler before or that I've tried Botox? And I just think, no, you know, like I'm here just having my human experience like everybody else. Mm. And you don't need to live up to anybody else's standards, bar what feels right to you. And in terms of parenting, Um, I just wanted to say it comes in two ways. One is obviously you're a role model to Billy, but like I said, she has multiple role models too. Mm. And as she gets older, that will shift and change. You'll always be her number one. But again, I think the other job in parenting is making sure that we make our kids feel comfortable about themselves. You know, I make sure I never ever like nitpick on their appearance. Um, You know, I, you know, telling them they're beautiful the way they are, that they're a good person. These things, that's what's building the next generation. Yeah. You know, and while we're worried about filters and makeup and Botox and all these things that are available, I think the bigger picture out of all of that is what are we cultivating in our own home? Hmm. How are we relating to them? How are we making them feel? What is their relationship with their own appearance as they get older? So, you know, double-edged sword. But I think there's a lot to consider and there's, there's a lot more that goes into decisions than just this one angle. Yeah, yeah. And I just think as long as people are having these, you know these thoughts then make just whatever decision you want but like just don't go into things blind and then judge other people for making a different decision exactly and you know something that i think all of our egos learn the hard way is that 
just because you're offended, it does not mean you're right. Oh, so true. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's really hard, I think, for all of us to cop. But just because something offends you or you don't agree with something, it does not mean you're right. Yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as right in the world. Mm. You know, everybody's got their own reasons and their own things. And you could sit down with somebody and fully see their point of view. What's missing is what you're saying. It's the conversation. It's the understanding, the nuances, the, the gray. You know, it's not black and white. And I think that's why, honestly, I commend you for having this episode. And um, even for me, I never really talk about, you know, outside of my friendship group, things I've done or things I've had. Um, so, and I think it's important to be like, yeah, because you know why? I guarantee you like maybe eight out of 10 people have done something. Mm. You're going to be hard pressed to find somebody that's never worn makeup, that's never done their nails, that's never had their hair done, that's never had braces. And all of these things are cosmetic. I don't care how normalized it's become. It is cosmetic. Yeah. You know, plucking your eyebrows, grooming yourself, that is all purely cosmetic. So it's really hard acknowledging that every single person in the world has probably done something like that, in the Western world anyway. Yeah. And, you know, how are you then going to come and judge other people for doing things that are just less normalized in your eyes? So true. So true. All right. So I ask all of my guests this. So I'm going to ask you this. This is a common question. What's a health hack that was a game changer for you? Ooh, okay. I love this for myself and I love it for my clients now as well. And I know you'll know this is so me because it's always what I do. When something happens, I'm like, what is the emotional thing behind this? Or like, what is the spiritual, you know, meaning of this? Yep. You know, so like- This is why you, we get along. Exactly. You know, if it's like, oh, you know, like Billy has this skin rash, like, what do you think this means? Or like, I've stubbed this toe. They're just like our, you know, meridians and our acupressure points- every single part of your body there is an emotion that corresponds to that and i think that's like a very very overlooked health hack is how is our emotional health affecting our physical health because you can't separate the two love it and now a question from the community which comes from d from sydney (laughs) it's me i'm the person i want to ask you from my personal experience because i'm so stuck in future pacing so far in advance what are your tips on not future pacing so much because it's almost like I'm losing the present and I'm not taking things step by step. So what would be your advice to me? My advice to you would probably be to sit there and find that part of yourself that wants to future pace so bad and really ask yourself, why why is this part of me doing that? What is it trying to achieve? How is it trying to keep me safe? When we have this internal dialogue, I think it changes a lot. You know, when we realize the true reason why we're doing things, um, it not only heals that part of you, like you get this insight into yourself that you're like, I am me and I didn't even know that about me. But it, you know, when we address that, it actually stops us from doing that same thing in the future. Like that's where healing occurs in this internal dialogue. And and do you think journaling or, you know, people could like voice record notes or... A hundred percent. I voice record notes. I write notes in my phone. I love scribbling on paper when I can. But anything that just comes into your mind, any sort of place where you can take it out of your head and put it in front of you somehow is going to give you just that little bit of extra space and perspective. So I know working in trauma, my whole job is just creating that little bit of space just for people to separate from what they're thinking or what they're feeling so we can observe it and work with that rather than them being, we call it blended in the trauma world completely blended with that part where they think they are exactly that like that becomes their identity yeah yeah oh my god you're the best thank you so much for coming on this episode i have absolutely loved having you here i know that our conversations are 
so epic behind closed doors. I'm just glad they're going to be on a platform where other women are going to be able to benefit from them, to be honest. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. And obviously you're my bestie and I want to share you with the world. So if anyone wants to connect with you, they love what you said, or they want to ask about, you know, birth, trauma, parenting, anything like that, anything about our societal, you know, our stories that we tell ourselves that we bring, you know, from our childhood or whatever, where can they find you? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, for everyone listening, I do work with trauma, parenting, basically how to not traumatize our kids. I had two home births, so I'm very passionate about all things natural in that sense. Um, And I'm on Instagram at Portal by Alex. Awesome. Thanks, Dee. Oh, my pleasure. And guys, if you know anybody who would really benefit from hearing this conversation, just this open, non-judgmental conversation, or if you absolutely loved it, please just share it around. It means so much to me. It supports my podcast. And please follow my podcast. And I will be here next week on the very next episode of What a Mouthful. Bye. Bye. If anything in this episode sparked a question for you, please reach out to me on Instagram at dzabara. You're a legend and legends leave five-star reviews. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on What a Mouthful.